Pray with me. Gracious Lord God, we pray now that you would open up our ears that we might hear your voice. Open up our hearts that we might receive your spirit. And open up our eyes that we might see Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 29 through 44. Hear now the word of the Lord. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to hear it. For we pray this in the name of our risen Lord and King Jesus the Christ. Amen. Wherever we happen to be in life, whatever our age or circumstance, just about all of us have some idea about what it will take to bring contentment into our hearts and peace to our restless souls. For some, it's about getting the right job, or getting into the right school, or getting the right degree, or getting the right body. And we think once we have it, 
then everything else will fall into place. For some, it's all about relationships. We think, if only we could get married, or, or once we have children, or once the kids leave home, then our lives will be complete. For some, it's, it's about security. You know, we think, if, if only we could just get enough money in the bank, then we can rest easy and enjoy life. Or maybe it's about something we're trying to accomplish or achieve in life, like climbing Mount Kilimanjaro or or traveling around the world or arguing a case before the Supreme Court or starting your own business or getting to worship in person at Swickley Presbyterian Church without a mask on. Can I get an amen? Well, certainly the people of Jerusalem thought they knew what it would take to make things right for their nation. They were all waiting for God's Messiah to come, the anointed king of Israel who would ride into town on his mighty war horse, lead them into victorious battle against the hated Roman occupiers and restore David's kingdom to its former glory. And it was at this time of year around Passover when revolutionary thoughts burned hottest in everyone's mind. After all, it was, it was at Passover when they remembered and celebrated the time that Moses had liberated their ancestors from slavery in Egypt. And what better time for an encore than at Passover. Well, it was now Sunday of the week of Passover, and all the crowds were making their way toward Jerusalem for the celebration. Jesus and his disciples were also on their way from Jericho up to Jerusalem. But when they arrived at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples on ahead to the next town, telling them to go and find a donkey's colt that had never been ridden, and they were to untie it and bring it to Jesus. And if anyone were to ask them why they were untying it, they were to say, the Lord needs it. So the disciples continue on ahead, and they find this donkey just as Jesus said they would, but when they began to untie it, the donkey's owner said, hey, what are you doing? The disciples said, uh... Uh, the uh, Lord, he uh, needs to borrow your donkey here. And to their utter surprise, the owner said, okay. And thus began the familiar Palm Sunday parade that we celebrate today. But imagine for a moment what would have happened if the owner of that donkey had said, hey, stop. That's mine. Police arrest these men. They're stealing my donkey. We'd be telling a very different story today, now wouldn't we? And the scriptures would not have been fulfilled. After all, it was the prophet Zechariah who centuries earlier had written those great words of hope. Rejoice, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem, for lo... Your king comes to you, victorious and triumphant is he, humble and riding on a donkey, 
on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Well, if the owner of that colt had not allowed those disciples to untie it and take it to Jesus, then he never could have ridden on that donkey's back into Jerusalem and thus revealing himself as the promised king of Israel and the fulfillment of that prophetic hope for salvation. The same is actually true for you and me. The salvation Jesus brings into our lives comes only on the back of what we're willing to untie and give to him. For Jesus refuses to break into our lives and steal all the things that we have tied up and held so tightly, whatever it is that we're afraid or unwilling to let go of. Instead, he takes only what we offer him. And he transforms it into an instrument of salvation. But Jesus cannot ride into Jerusalem or into our hearts unless we're willing to let him have what we've got tied up. Of course, Jesus always gives it back to us in the end. It it just never comes back quite the same. Instead, it is transformed, carrying hope and salvation on its back. When the Apostle Paul was finally willing to let go of his futile self-righteousness and give it all to Jesus, The risen Savior gave back to Paul a better righteousness that alone has the power to save. The righteousness of God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ rather than the works of the law. When Jesus commanded his disciples to feed over 5,000 people, an impossible task, they brought him everything they had. Five loaves and two fish. And Jesus took it, and he blessed it, and he gave it back to them. And they ended up feeding all of those people with 12 baskets left over. When Moses was afraid to go back into Egypt as God was commanding him, God said to him, what is that in your hand, Moses? A staff, he said. And then Moses was commanded to throw that staff onto the ground before God. And God transformed that ordinary staff into an instrument of power by which Moses would perform incredible miracles as he led the Israelites out of Egypt and through the promised, through toward the promised land. This is just the way God works his salvation in our lives. He takes what is in our hands and transforms it. But if we're not willing to let him have what we're holding, we stop the parade of hope before it even begins. Now fortunately, the owners of this donkey were willing to let Jesus 
have it. And so the march into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday took place after all. Thank God. But notice something else in the text. Those two disciples, perhaps inspired by the owner of the donkey, they took off their cloaks and they offered them to Jesus, putting them on the the back of the donkey for Jesus to sit on. And then as Jesus began riding toward the city, the crowds began taking off all of their cloaks and, and laying them on the ground before Jesus transforming that ordinary road into a highway of hope. It was like a chain reaction. And then all of Jesus' disciples began shouting out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And some of the the Pharisees, when they heard this, they chastised Jesus saying, command your your disciples to be silent. But, But you see, Jesus said, oh, if they were silent, even the stones would shout out. For even those rocks could recognize what the blind Pharisees could not. Their creator was riding by. And so the disciples refused to be silent. Instead, they, they offered their cloaks and their hearts to their king. I wonder, what is it in your life that you struggle to lay down and surrender to Jesus? What is it you struggle to untie and let go of for the king? Is it all the careful plans you've made for your life? Is it your time that is so precious to you or your money? That is so precious to you? Is it the past that you just can't seem to forget or the wounds you just can't let go of? Is it your dreams for your family or your dreams for this church or or your preferred style of worship? The truth is, you are already, already holding in your hands the means of salvation. But as long as you're the one holding it, it cannot save anyone because it's in the wrong hands. Only when you're willing to untie it and place it into the hands of the king can it be transformed into a means of fulfilling his dreams for salvation, not just for you, but for the people and the church and the world around you. Many of the people of Jerusalem were certainly clinging to their own dreams for salvation, refusing to lay them down and surrender them to Jesus. So the parade just passed them right by. Oh, Jesus would go on to save. It's it's just that they would be left out of the party. And as Jesus 
approached Jerusalem and the end of his earthly ministry, he he began to weep because he knew all too well what would happen to his people as a result of their stubbornness and the refusal to untie their hearts and offer them to God. And 40 years later, Jesus' words would be fulfilled when in response to the Jewish, the Jews' violent attempt at securing their own salvation, the Roman legions would sack Jerusalem and destroy its temple, all because its people did not recognize that in the person of Jesus Christ, the God of Israel had returned to Zion, riding humbly on the back of a donkey's colt, grieving that his people would refuse his invitation to enter into his dreams for salvation and peace. Fortunately, that invitation is still open for us. Even if we don't yet know all of Jesus' dreams for this church or all the salvation that will take place here in the days and, and years to come, just as those disciples did not yet know what would happen on Easter morning or on Pentecost. But the question is, do you recognize how God has been at work here among us? Do you see That the risen Savior is present and on the move in and through this church, inviting all of us to join the parade of hope by untying our resources and our talents and offering them to the Savior so that his mission to bring healing and peace to this broken world can continue even during the time of COVID. If you do not, I tell you, even the stones of this building will shout it out and the parade will continue on with or without you. But I believe that Jesus wants everyone here to play a part in his ministry in and through this church. In fact, he doesn't want to do anything apart from us. And yet there will be no fulfillment of his hopes and dreams for this church or for our lives unless we are willing to let him have what we are holding. After all, Jesus no longer has any earthly resources of his own. No, if if he's going to build up his kingdom here, then it is only with what we offer to him. And the truth is, this church still needs your financial support and your time and your talents so that we can continue to faithfully proclaim and faithfully live out the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we don't want anyone to miss out on the parade. For even the thought of that is enough to cause Jesus to begin to weep. Now, maybe, maybe you don't think that you have very much to offer. 
Maybe you think all that you have is the equivalent of an old used cloak or an ordinary staff or a few loaves of bread or a past filled with disappointment or heartache or failure. That's okay. There is a holy purpose for everything in your life. For if Jesus can bring salvation on the back of a borrowed donkey, he can certainly use whatever you're willing to offer him. For in the hands of the Savior, anything can be redeemed. But you've got to hand it over to him. It's just the way salvation comes to us, riding on the back of whatever we untie and offer our King. Of course, the truth is, everything we have is is really just on loan from Jesus. I mean, it all really belongs to Him. We're just Stewards of it all, taking care of it on his behalf. And yet Jesus refuses to use any of it without our willing participation. For you see, the real secret to contentment and peace in this life is not getting everything we want but rather in offering back to Jesus all that we have. For it is He alone who can transform it into a vehicle of of hope and, and new life. And the miracle is that when it comes to Jesus, you always get more than you give because you just can't outgive God. And I dare you to try. So on this Palm Sunday, I simply ask the question, what are you willing to untie in your life and offer to the King? The parade of salvation has already begun. And Jesus is just dying for you to recognize it, to open up your hands and your hearts and join in. Amen.